Hey y'all, you're listening to the Faith Church Sermon Podcast. We are so excited that you're connecting with us today. It is our desire for you to grow as a result of the resources we provide here. We pray that this blesses you today as you seek to know Him more. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. It's so good to see you guys. I hope you guys had enough sleep last night. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. I had a blast watching our two-year-old come down the stairs and open new gifts, new toys that she's never seen before. It was, it was so much fun. I mean, we all like getting new things, right? I mean, I think it's part of the reason why we celebrate the new year. We like new stuff. For example, when my wife Melinda and I, when we first got married, we had no furniture. We had nothing to start with. And a friend of ours decided to offer us their dining room table set. And we're like, yes, thank you. Like, it it wasn't new, but it it was new to us. It was new to us. And we liked it. You know, it it wasn't anything crazy, but it had four cushion chairs. and, And this table set, like this table became everything. Like it was our craft table. It was our storage center. And Uh, you know, occasionally we'll use it for dinner. And like we moved like three times since then. And this table came along with us. And there were times when we we were thinking, you know, maybe we should get something newer. And we're like, you know what? We looked at it. We're like, you know, this will be just fine. And then one dinner um, after we ate, I was sitting on one of the chairs and I was tilting it on two legs, you know, like the thing that um, responsible adults do. And I was just tilting it like this, and out of nowhere we heard a crack, and bam, the chair just completely broke underneath me. And thank goodness I was as fast as a cat, and I didn't fall. But Melinda was like, hey, Tim, I think it's time for us to get a new table set. This is ridiculous. And I I said, no way. I mean, that was only one chair. We only have, we have three left. I mean, we're we're good. And then a couple weeks later passed by and apparently I didn't learn my lesson because there I was again tilting the chair. Only this time I was um, tilting it over um, our glass doors. And um, yeah, without warning, we heard a louder crack and then bam, this time I fell to the ground, almost got impaled by the cheap wood and almost, almost went through the glass doors. And Melinda looked at me wondering if I was still alive and uh, she said, Tim, this is serious. Like you almost got impaled. We need a new table set. And I um, got up, brushed myself off, and to make sure I had any bruises, I was okay. I picked up the broken pieces of chair, and I said, you know, I think I can fix this with some wood glue. <laughs> and she was like, no, Tim, we need a new table set. I need you. Your daughter needs you. Please. And thankfully, our friend offered us um, her table set with four chairs, and we're like, oh, yes, thank you. And it wasn't new, but it was new to us. And the last one lasted us seven years. And so if history taught us anything, we know that this one will last us another seven years. I just need to stop tilting these chairs and keep all four chair legs on the floor at all times. I mean, as much as we like new things, things will get old, right? New things will eventually get old. The Christmas gift that you got 
and the ones that you gave, I'm sorry to say, they're going to break eventually. They're going to rip. They're going to expire. They're going to run out. They're going to get destroyed. It's the thing that happens. So eventually, we all need new things. Some of us, though, we need this new year. Some of us, we need a do-over. We're just tired of the same old, same old. We need newness in our life. And guess what? God knows that. God is all about newness. In fact, he invented newness. And we've been on this journey going through the Bible as a church, and we've come to the end. But it's really important for us to remember what came in the beginning. It all began within the beginning, God created, meaning everything we know was once new. Everything had a beginning, and the beginning of that, the source of that beginning was God. And we see in scripture all throughout God creating new things, and we see him introducing humanity to new things. And now we come to the end, and we're going to see that God is still creating new things. So I want um, to jump into Revelation 21. If you have your Bible, I'd love for you to turn there, swipe there, Revelation 21, and we're going to see all the new things that we get to look forward to. But as you turn there, can we first start by thanking God for his word? We've been going through the entire Bible as a church, and church, we made it. We're finally here. So let's take a moment to thank God for it. And whether you have a paper Bible or a device, hold it in your hand. I encourage you, hold it in your hand and just say a prayer to God using your own words. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for giving me your word. And if you're listening to me and you don't believe the Bible is God's word, I'm just so glad you're here. But you need to know, here at Faith Church, we, we are rooted in the Bible. And we truly believe that this has the power to change lives. And so we're going to thank God for it. <clears throat> Lord, thank you for your word. We have witnessed how it can change our lives. It has the power to convict us of sin and give us hope, encouragement, and correction. It relates to our everyday lives. So Lord, we want to thank you. Thank you for transforming us and renewing us. God, if there's anyone listening right now that does not believe the Bible is your word, we pray that they would listen with an open heart. Right now, in these moments we have together, I pray that you would continue to use your word for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So two weeks ago, we saw the beautiful second coming of Jesus. And we saw that he's not going to return as a humble servant. He will return as a warrior. And so we're going to pick up um, reading from chapter 21. And as we read, take notice of all the new things that God will show us. Revelation 21, starting in verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. 
He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Did you catch all the new things in there? I love reading just, just these verses. It, it gives me such a sense of peace. So we're going to go through some of these new things. We can't cover all of it. But we're going to go through some of them. And so I want you to go on this journey with me. Imagine this with me, okay? So verse one tells us that when Jesus returns, there will be a new earth. Now, biblical scholars, they will debate whether this will be a brand new earth or whether God will restore this earth. And that's not the point. The point is that it's new, it's brand new. What will this new earth look like? That's a question I always ask. And we have some descriptions, right? We get an idea, but really we don't know what it will be like. And, and I, I'll find myself asking this question, like, are we gonna have like new colors? Is there gonna be like new smells and flavors and foods? I mean, imagine new animals. I mean, on the earth that we live in now, we have cat people and we have dog people. Imagine on the new earth, God's like, you know what? I'm going to make a new species of animals. I'm going to combine a cat and a dog and end this war. Like, I don't know, but I know it's going to be mind-blowing. And I love watching episodes of Bob Ross painting those beautiful landscapes. I mean, the way he just mixes the colors, and I don't know how he does it, but he makes it look so easy. And then I think... He didn't invent those beautiful landscapes. He didn't invent those colors. He didn't invent the sun and the snow-capped mountains and the beautiful hills. All of the music that we listen to and the art that we enjoy, that all originated from God. So can you imagine what God can do when he creates the new heavens and the new earth? Can you imagine a, a new earth where God gets to show off again? Can you imagine him creating something new, a creation that is no longer tainted by sin? Like, I can't wait to see that. Can't wait to see that. And then verse two shows us this. Then when Jesus returns, there will be a new Jerusalem. I love how John describes this. He's saying the city is coming out of heaven. It's descending prepared as a bride. Now, if you know anything about brides, you'll know at least one thing that on the day of the wedding, she doesn't go into her closet and she doesn't just grab anything to wear in preparation for the wedding. I mean, they've created an entire a TV show around this concept. Say yes to the dress, right? The bride is going around looking for dresses like Goldilocks trying the different bowls of porridge, too hot, too cold, just perfect. Yes to the dress, you know? It takes time. Uh, most brides, it takes a lot of time to prepare for that. They have to get the right makeup artist to do all the makeup stuff. And she needs a new hairstyle. And the bouquet has to be perfect with the right colors and right flowers. Everything needs to be perfect. They need something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. Like everything needs to be perfect. And I've been to many weddings before, many weddings. And one thing remains the same, the face of the groom. When the bride is coming down the aisle and you look at the groom, like everyone's looking at the bride, but when you look at the groom, his face expresses all of his emotions as if he's saying, wow, what 
beauty. And he's not saying that because of the makeup and the hair and the bouquet and the dress. That's part of it. But he's saying it's beautiful because of her entire being. And if you're a Jesus follower, that will be you someday. Because today we'll beat ourselves up when we fail and we get discouraged when our sinful nature rears its ugly head. But we need to remember that this is the process. God is transforming us and he's renewing us day to day, so that when Jesus returns, we are prepared for him. Every person who lived their life for Jesus will make up this new Jerusalem, this beautiful city. The beauty of the church will be displayed for all to see, and Jesus will look at his church, and his face will show it all. Wow, what beauty. He won't think about your failures. He won't think about your sin He will think about the beauty of the church and we will get to enjoy his presence forever. And what's really cool about this is that Jesus is preparing this new Jerusalem right now as we speak. And he said this in John 14 as he was speaking to his disciples. He said, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. This place, this new Jerusalem, will be exactly what we need because Jesus knows exactly what we need. And it is the place that we'll be with him forever. And that leads us to verse three. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. So not only will there be a new earth and a new Jerusalem, when Jesus returns, he will be present in a new way, in a new way. If you're a follower of Jesus, the only way that you've experienced his presence is through the Holy Spirit. But when Jesus returns, we will get to be with him physically. We will see him face to face. Jesus will live among us and he will say the very words that we need to hear today in verses four and five. It says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything New. Have you ever stopped just for a moment to think about what it will be like to be with Jesus physically, the one who was there for you your entire life? Like, sometimes I think, like, what is he going to smell like? And you might be thinking, Tim, that's so weird, and it's okay, I'm weird, but you know how, like, people have, like, a certain smell or a cologne or perfume? Like, what will it be like for you to hug Jesus? For you to be able to thank him face to face for pursuing you, for redeeming, for for rescuing you, and for laying down his life for you. Be able to have a meal with him and be able to laugh with him and ask him questions. He said he will make everything new, meaning everything negative about this life right now will be done away with. You won't need to take your anxiety pills anymore because you're not going to be anxious anymore. You won't need to worry about the health of your loved ones because hospitals won't be needed anymore. No more scoliosis for me, thank God, because those foam rollers aren't working. Like, I'm done with that. 
No more worrying about your child getting bullied at school. No more stress because of your long to-do list. You won't ever have to go to another funeral ever again because there won't be any. Your chronic pain will be replaced with chronic joy. Jesus will make everything new. So what can we learn from reading Revelation and, and the entire Bible? We can learn this, that Jesus makes all things new and Jesus remains the same. Jesus makes all things new and he remains the same. Everything will be made new when Jesus returns. And we just saw a few of the many examples. But did you notice what's not new? Jesus. Jesus is not new. Everything is new except Jesus. And we can see this all throughout scripture. There's a new earth and new heaven and new presence of God and new way of living. But then he says again and again, I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Jesus isn't new. He's the source of the new. Jesus remains the same. But what does that even mean? It means his purpose never changes. Since the beginning of time, his desire has and will always be to be with us. Everything Jesus did was for that purpose. He didn't change his mind. He didn't go back and forth. He wasn't wishy-washy. The desire comes from his very essence. See, when God created the earth, he, he created the Garden of Eden so that he can be with us. On Christmas Day, Jesus stepped down from his throne and lived here, why? So that he can be with us. Later on, he, he died and rose again so that he can give us eternal life. So that, why? Because he wants to be with us. And when he returns, he will make everything new and we will live in this new Jerusalem. Why? So that he can be with us. That plan has never changed. The Bible has 66 books and it tells one story of a God who loves his people, redeemed them so that he can be with them. In fact, when we read Revelation 21 and 22, it feels like we're reading Genesis all over again. I'll give you some examples. In Genesis, we read that God created the sun to give us light, but then check out Revelation chapter 22, verse 5. Revelation 22, 5, it says, There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light. So now God himself will be the light that shines into the darkness, no longer will there be darkness, only light. In Genesis, remember, we see paradise in this garden of Eden. Then in Revelation 22, verse 3, it says, no longer will there be any curse, meaning we're going to go right back to a paradise. In Genesis, humanity is doomed to death. Revelation says that those who follow Jesus will reign forever and ever. I, I hope that at this point in the message, you're thinking, this new Jerusalem sounds remarkable. Sign me up. Sign me up. But I'll admit to you, sometimes it's difficult for me to think that way because this life can be wonderful. But if I really think about it, me personally, my own life, I feel like my entire life has been about fixing things, fixing problems, putting out fires, some seasons of good times, but then going right back to fixing problems and fixing problems of other people. But in this new Jerusalem, there won't be any more problems to fix. Jesus says in chapter 21, it is done. Oh, that's such a relief. 
I can't even imagine what it's like to live in a world without any problems. It brings me so much hope and comfort, and I feel calm when I think of this new earth that we'll get to live in forever. But I need to say this. This new Jerusalem is only for those who follow Jesus. See, the whole plan from the beginning was for God to be with his people, people that also want to be with him. And we see this distinction in chapter 22, verses 14 and 15. 22 verses 14 and 15 says this, Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. So this new Jerusalem is for his children. God wants to be with his people. And according to what the apostle Peter wrote, he is being patient with us. He's giving people time to run to him. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So today is the first day of the year 2023. What if we all started this year praying this, God, start something new in me. Because if we're honest, we all have things that we need newness about, right? We're all, we're all going through things. For me, 2020 feels like it was just yesterday. And me personally, it's been one thing after another. And as long as we live on this earth, we're going to go through things that we wish we didn't have to. So I'm praying, God, start something new in me. Help me to look up from my problems, from the issues happening here, and, 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 and know that you have it covered, that at the end, you win. Because church, here's the reality. True peace will not come from a new job or a bigger paycheck. True peace will not come from a new car. True peace won't come wrapped in a gift. It won't come from finding that special someone you want to marry, and it won't come with a better health exam. The peace you're looking for won't be found in a self-help book and won't come when your kids finally leave the house. The peace that you seek isn't found when your marriage is better. The peace we all need won't be found when new people take power in our government. It won't be found in the healing of your chronic pain or when you have children. True peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding, the peace that gives you purpose and meaning in life and, and is able to get you through the trials in this life comes when Jesus makes all things new because we can strive all year to improve ourselves and improve our lives and, and have everything new and make things better and you can achieve some form of happiness. But if you want true peace in your life, you need the Jesus that makes all things new. So as for me, I'm going to cling to this truth that Jesus makes all things new and Jesus remains the same. And thank God he does because everyone and everything else will change. Nothing else is constant. People will change their minds about us. Our friends will change. People will move away. The kind neighbor will be replaced with a grumpy one. Presidents will replace presidents. Everything around us will change, and that makes it very difficult to count on things. But guess what? Jesus is the alpha and the omega. Jesus is the beginning and the end. Jesus is the good news, but he's not new news. He's been here all along from the creation of the universe. As he knit you in your mother's 
his womb, as you listen to me right now, and when Jesus returns, he is working and he's preparing a place for those who follow him. Why? Because he makes all things new and he remains the same. Jesus is our constant. Jesus is unchanging. Jesus is fully reliable. We can lean on him and trust that he wants to be with us. That desire comes from his character. We can see that all throughout the book of Revelation. And last January, Pastor Joe showed us that the Bible begins with love, and now we see that it also ends with love. Jesus says in chapter 22, 12, he says, look, I am coming soon. And to the persecuted churches reading that, this was music to their ears because they, resp- they responded in verse 20, amen, come Lord Jesus. Some of us are in that boat. We have two broken chairs and there are only two left and we need something new. Lord Jesus, please come. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm worn out. But some of us are living the best life right now. So when we read that Jesus will say, look, I'm coming soon, we're like, hey, um, how soon is soon? (laughs) Jesus, you coming here, that's amazing and all, but like, can you hold off a little longer? Because I've been working at this for a long time and I finally got to a place where like, I just want to see this play out for a little bit. Maybe you're in that boat and sometimes I think that way too, But then I need to remind myself, I need to pray, God, start something new in me. Help me to desire what you have in store for me when you return. Please don't let me forget that this earth is temporary, that this life is temporary. So maybe the newness that you need in this year, the prayer that you'll pray is, God, give me a desire for your return. God, help me to start thinking more and dreaming more about the day you return. Help me to respond with amen, come Lord Jesus. And one way that God starts something new in our lives is through relationships. Maybe you're thinking, I need new friends. I need a new community. Well, we can help you with that. Um, We're actually launching our winter session of, of small groups and this is an amazing opportunity for you to start something new. New year, new you, right? I mean, new friends, new community. So you can register and you can try out different groups and pick the one that that fits you. January 15th, we start. And this is an amazing place where you can enter in and you don't have to pretend that everything's okay. You can be vulnerable. You can let people know what's really happening, the newness that you need in your life. Please don't walk through 2023 alone. Allow God to start something new in you through healthy relationships. Now you may be listening to me right now and you don't believe in Jesus. You don't believe that he's the son of God. You don't think that it's worth changing your life to follow someone you can't even see. I don't, I don't know what you've heard about Jesus. I don't know what you've heard about the Bible and Christianity, but please give me Give me a few moments to clear things up. Jesus is a patient king. He's not going to force you into a relationship with him. 
He is patient and he will wait for that. And, and he, won't, he doesn't promise a life without trials and, 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 and problems, but he does promise a relationship with him now and for eternity. He doesn't require you to become perfect in order to reach him. In fact, he, he pursues and reaches you so that he can become your perfection. So if there's a small ounce of curiosity or wonder or hope in your heart right now, I believe with all my heart that that's God calling out to you. And if you want to, you can respond to him right now using your own words. We have people uh, waiting to pray with you right outside these doors um, online if you need prayer. Respond to that if you want to. But right now, I want to just pray so that Jesus would start something new in us. That in the areas of our life that we've sort of kicked him out of, that he would enter in and start something new. So would you pray with me? And you can use your own words. I'm saying a prayer, but you can use your own words and and pray to God. Lord Jesus, come soon. We want to see you face to face. We want to be able to hug you and be done with tears and pain and sin. But Lord, until you return, we pray that you would enter our lives and reveal yourself to us and give us that peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, we pray that whether someone has been following you for a long time or has never followed you, that you would reveal yourself to them in a life-changing way, in a way that brings peace in their home, peace in their marriage, peace at work in their singleness with their parenting and their relationships. Lord, this year, as we continue to pursue you and seek after you. Lord, help us to look up from our issues and remember that you will win. We need you, God. Remind us that you are for us and not against us and that you have a plan for us. We put it all, we lay it all at your feet. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.